everyone, and welcome to Cablecast. My name is Caleb Breyer, and today we have Idu Kunya returning after a long uh, year online tournaments, uh, as well as a new guest to the cast, Abdul Big Slim Barry. How's it going, guys? Hey, hey, how's it going? Hello, hello, hello. Very happy to be back. Uh, let's hope that we have some fun again. Yes. So, uh, important thing, um, last time Idu was here, of course, was... Uh, we ha- I had my big, uh, like, clickbait <laughs> episode with uh, Colin, uh, VGC being canceled. Of course, uh, now VGC tournaments are still, you know, not going on. Um, with Worlds having been canceled last year, canceled again this year. Uh, confirmed 2022, they're still doing, um, you know, London. Uh, actually, so admittedly, I had some dumb audio mishaps, and this is our second time recording this. Uh, intro bit, but I, I remembered a question I had for uh, James and Rosemary last episode that I actually uh, give you guys. What video game do you think we will be playing for Worlds 2022? Because last episode was all about the big announcements and whatnot, and they said it's still happening in London, so uh, I guess we'll start with Edu. Do you, do you think we'll still be playing Sword and Shield Summer 2022? I honestly think we're going to be playing the new uh, Gen 4 Remix. Um, it feels, although it is a bit weird because it's not like technically fully part of, of uh, or built, made by Game Freak, uh, it still ha- is directed by Junichi Masuda and it still feels, um, it still feels like what they want to do is just like a, a main series game and I feel like that would be the game we'd be playing on. Uh, I could see the Sword and Shield theory working out as well. Mm-hmm. Where, I know people are saying that maybe the, uh, the, the, the the remakes aren't really shipped for competitive and they still keep the competitive on Sword and Shield. Uh, I mean, I can see the possibility. I just, I believe that uh, that the, the remakes are going to be where we'll be playing, honestly. Yeah, totally valid. And you, Slim? Uh, for me, like, I lean more towards the... I, I, I can see it more Sword and Shield than anything. Mm-hmm. It's not any specific reason, like, they're not trying to make it of course, you know, Diamond, Brilliant Diamond and Pearl and all that, the mainstream thing, but it just feels too good to be true that we played this whole game this whole time, the gimmick never got off on the world stage, and mm-hmm. we just move on. It just feels too good to be true. So I just, like, I, it's hard to believe. Yeah, um, I think a good point was that uh, they still have all this merchandise they did make for Worlds 2020, that I think if you just slap, you know, a two on it, like, they want to ship all that stuff still, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's just too much money they'll have to lose when they don't put enough money into the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, no, this is part of the budget. We need to get this off to recoup and then plan for the next one. So just from a business standpoint, it just seems too good to be true. That I'd be like, oh, yeah, dump all that. It's, ooh, that's yeah. hard to do. It, uh, yeah, on, on the flip side uh, is interesting. I was listening to another podcast. It's a uh, Japan time. It's a uh, Shofu and Roger Bases uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. They were talking about the new games and stuff, and they were just talking about worlds um, because you know, as like the casual Pokemon fan, like um, watching worlds and whatnot. And one of the guests they mentioned they think it'll be uh, Sword and Shield because they've never what was it? They've always they can't see. Uh, a world's being played in which players qualified on a different game. I mean, obviously, they're a little misinformed on that, simply because uh, <laughs> people are going to be 
uh, playing in Worlds 2022, having qualified in 2019 on Ultra Sun and Moon still. Yeah. Like, they confirmed that's still happening. <laughs> so, guilty on that. Guilty on that yeah. right here. Uh, but, I, I mean, I don't blame it. Like, that that's how our system's always worked. Like, um, we, we, especially when the, the games are coming out when they are, like, you're not going to not have tournaments in the fall just waiting for the new game, you know? Although, it, it is interesting seeing, like, 35 people, Florida regionals, blowing up to 600-person Dallas regionals, you know? Like, it happens. Yeah. I can't believe we missed the opportunity to make a number one NA joke. <laughs> it was right there. Uh, we all knew it. We were all thinking it, but yeah, nobody went for it. I'll, I'll <laughs> wait for it when the, the eventual, you know, when I eventually have the, the man himself on this podcast. It's it's about time. I'm I'm going to lose enough like people on my list, and I'll finally get to them. But <laughs> well, Joe, we'll just know there. I mentioned you first. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. Um, so as far as it being a whole year, I guess online. Um, let let's jump back to the past, only because probably like 20 minutes before we were uh, meeting here, I realized, oh hey, Champions Cup. That was like a thing a year ago. Uh, what, what, what was that on about? That was, like, one of the biggest Pokemon tournaments of all time. Uh, online always helps with those kinds of numbers. But, um, it, it's been a while, and we've gone through, uh, Series 8 now is gonna end. I mean, Series 9 is the same as 7, so, essentially, how, how would we sort the early series as format goes? Like, 1 and 2 is a format, then 3 and 4 were formats, we'd say? So it's been, yeah. we've had like six total format slash meta games in the past year and a half now. Going back, That's looking at these teams and stuff, obviously teams look different in all of these meta games. What what do you, have you guys had like a favorite meta game yet? Can you like make that decision? I know some of these like because we don't have real tournaments, quote unquote, like the meta doesn't evolve enough or like people don't take enough as much risk so a lot of things look samey ish yeah you know what i mean by that but so i guess starting with Edu, do you think like have you preferred the nasdex formats or like the more restricted ones like well, i guess I, I yeah usually, go ahead. yeah i usually do best in formats i don't like um so so <laughs> yeah. honestly i've been liking seven and eight even though I've been having haven't been having my best results, um, whereas I absolutely hated Series Six. Uh, I think that was the oh. worst we had by a mile. Yeah, I, yeah. I think um, that's that's what that everyone says. Yeah, awful. Yeah, that was that was that was terrible. But um, you know, I also liked Five. Um, five was was a bit uh, disappointing for me because I felt like uh, I was really liking it and I could never get uh, the results. I, I really, well, I mean, I, I got some, but not like uh, I ended up not doing as well in like the last players cup qualifier with that format mm-hmm. um and i was i was hoping to do a little better because i, I generally felt like i had found a team that i really liked that made me uh, enjoy the format um and and you know the first few formats were a bit harder to appreciate as much because we're still getting used to dynamax um i, I feel like i had a lot of success because one of my best skills in vgc is, is being able to adapt really quickly um things get a lot harder for me as we get much later into a format but in the beginning i I tend to adapt really quickly so obviously i was Mm -hmm. enjoying myself because i was getting good results but i never actually really liked the format that much it felt very limiting in a few uh in a few ways and and uh, i mean i was also not 
we weren't that used to Dynamax yet, but personally, like, I didn't like them as much. Yeah. Whereas I actually am liking the the new ones fair somewhat. I mean, the Series Eight like lately has been a bit a bit weird for me, but I I was liking Seven and, and a little bit of Eight too. Well, fortunately, we're we'll be coming back to Seven, which I like. I didn't mm-hmm. like their like the way they went about it. It's kind of weird. Like I would have preferred. I don't actually know if I would have preferred if we just had three more months of seven and now we started eight or not. I think I would have liked that better. But then maybe seven, maybe I'd be hating seven right now, you know? Like, maybe this was, like, a good break. And then we're coming back to, like, the core Nats decks format, you know? Um, but talking about uh, old teams and whatnot, uh, just looking at Champions Cup, like, back then this was Series 3 and... Oh, Conkelder, poor, poor guy. Uh, I guess Excadrill hasn't seen use probably since, like, Series 5. Sand, Sand's kind of rough in Series 7, right? I'm not misremembering yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, because Urshifu dominates 7, so Excadrill really couldn't do much. Right. And being present, too. Yeah. For sure. And then, uh, I mean, of course, by then, we, we had Venusaur and Incineroar. Like, Dragapult's always going to have place here and there so i mean some things are different a lot remains the same um you were talking about like so this was series three but like when you played in australia series it was two by then you you were using freaking gorgeist man like that that's how limited like certain roles kind of get truncated i mean it's fun to see certain mons like that but it's always it's always rough because those are the Pokemon with, like, the weirder typings that usually don't work for a reason or, like, they're lacking in exactly. some department. So it's, it's always nice to have the, the best mods possible for a given role. Yeah. Um, the the Incineroar fallacy really going on there. If, <laughs> even though, to this day, I'm still... I'm sure plenty were peeved on why Incineroar was legal, like, when it first got came in just the oh god that weekend of north carolina 18 oh oh that that too with the intimidate coming Mm -hmm. in but i'm talking about the week Mm -hmm. i'm I'm talking about like when we found out um that uh venusaur like blast toys primarina and sinroar and my my poor al that'll never get used really um they (laughs) they were all coming back simply because they were already coded in the game and that's why, like, Terrakion stuff was legal in Series 5. I I always found, like, the reasoning for these Pokemon being legal to be silly. Like, but they they were nice meta additions, so I wasn't always too upset. Now, is Venusaur now, we realize, too busted of a Mon? Actually, this wasn't even on my repertoire, but we're going to talk about it now. I've decided, because we're leading into Players' Cup 3 teams. Uh... It's been a hot topic on Twitter recently. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, Volcalith, Wildfire, Vinelash, and whatever the hell Blastoise's move is? Like, is it too good? It's like, uh, probably. Probably. Like, or it is, is it because they're just on already like, good mons? Well, the issue is, like, things like coal. Like, yeah. literally, you can just use it as a suicide. Like, okay, I just need to get the rocks up. And then once that's up, that residual damage every single turn for the next couple of turns, that's a lot to deal with. Like, sometimes you'll kill a Charizard turn one. You th- you're you're in, in your head, you're playing, and this like, six turns later, you're all of a sudden 
Wait, I just took wildfire damage? How long does this last? You're just like, what the hell? Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I, I agree. It's, uh, I think that with uh, with Colossal, it's even, it's even crazier because uh, rock types have way less of a of a place in the format than, than for example, water, grass, and fire. Um, so you're always going to have some sort of immunity for the other ones, right? Because mm -hmm. grasses are common, water is going to be common. So you have immunities there. But for rock, it's extremely unlikely for you to be running a rock type, especially in Series 8. Um, so you're just going to take the, the residual no matter what. Yep. Um, and yeah, they do feel it's it's a lot of damage. And the thing is, um, like imagine uh, it creates these kind of mind games where uh, the opponent doesn't even necessarily lose anything, even if they get the call wrong. Like for example, if you use a grass move uh, into a fire type, right? Because you mm -hmm. still get the residual, um, and it, it creates a lot of these situations where people just click buttons and they get the win because uh, it, it turns out that you know you have to be extremely oppressive and leads to a more offensive uh, format as well. Um, I, I feel like the reason why Venusaur is also also feels like so so prevalent, uh, especially compared to me to uh, some of the others, uh, some of the other uh, G Maxes, is because uh, it also is like it has pretty good typing for the format. It's very mm -hmm. bulky compared to the others, and it has some insane coverage. I think that's what really sells it. Honestly, on top of obviously the sleep, it has so many tools and it's very versatile. Um, you know, and like for example, before you could uh, before in the previous formats. Um, old formats you, you know it's grass and, and poison a lot of types resist that uh mm -hmm. they're not like prime offensive typings uh but it has insane coverage with a with a weather boost weather ball essentially becomes tab um and, and earth power is fantastic coverage oh yeah people uh, are dropping the... sludge bomb now because uh, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. xerneas isn't a thing in series eight so why do you need it yeah, fairies are dropping a lot because, um, in general, fairy typing is, is in a still heavy meta. You don't see a lot of fairies. Gazashin and a lot of steel types are, are there. We'll get there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like yeah, you see, it's, it has insane coverage, insane versatility. versatility. It has the damage over time moves uh, on top of having nice coverage, sleep powder, and some decent bulk. It gets pretty crazy. Uh, Zardy is a lot more straightforward. It just does damage, and that that's it. Um, it it's also extremely broken because of the insane damage it does. Um, and, and uh, Colossal has the, uh, the insane ability as well, and the whole setup. So, um, I mean, by the by itself, like you know, it's not strong enough to carry a Pokemon like Blastoise mm -hmm. um, to to a good position. But it, it it's still like a lot of other conditions together with that just make those Pokemon so overwhelming. And you know, the fact that they stay so consistent throughout every single format they've been allowed just shows uh, how good they are. I, so I didn't even realize this uh, exactly. I think. Let me count. Exactly half. No, over half. Yeah, over half of the teams that qualified, the top four teams that qualified for Players Cup 3 Global Finals all had, like, the G-Max moves. Because there were one, two, there were four Cole, and then the rest all, were all Sun Venusaur teams. Obviously, yeah. well, all right. All, all of NA had it. All of EU had it. Half of Latin America had it. And then no one in Oceania seemed to really care about these but you know they they do their own thing yeah. <laughs> but yeah there there's some busted moves uh let, let's see uh so looking at these teams we'll obviously have provided uh link below to the nimpasa city posts uh with all these teams oh yeah uh i i'm glad i had the idea to have you two on because usually i would like to have people that were involved in players cup although uh slim you did what was it was it 17th you got 
Uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, in NA. Yeah. Um, mm. So, you you ju- just out of range of being in a potential NDA about the results of these games and whatnot. So, yeah. uh, glad to have you on board here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so talking, like, NA teams... Actually, were, were there any comps that surprised either of you guys in Players' Cup 3? I don't really want to say my thoughts on this because this is the i guess the format the past two months i've taken a break from competing seriously so i don't have as much like competitive intel on it but it it seems like people figured out what was good pretty quick yeah i mean i don't think it was too difficult because you start to like grimshaw is one of those reasons like it's one of those things like it's always been a good mod. It's just that whether people choose to use it or not. And you put something behind screens in a Dynamax format, got double the HP, you can tank anything. And then what's the best thing that came out since Dynamax? Weakness policy. Yep. Oh, congratulations. Who gets it? Like, it's it's a... that The team really... Like, these Sun teams, they cover so much. Usually the only thing you struggle with is the mirror. But in comes... Ragav and BR and Adi, and they smash the mirror. It's so they they have a good matchup versus a like a lot of things. Yeah, they didn't make it uh, through. Um, they they were very close. Uh, I think it was Adi and uh, Ragav falling to the Cole teams, uh, and then Colin losing to the Kyogre Venusaur team, but. Um, on the EU side, they, they weren't running the Grimmsnarl stuff, but they have this, like, I, I didn't get this team when it was, like, first out. Well, I guess one of the uh, EU teams had Grim over Incineroar, but the, the Double Dark Aleki Sun, like, Edu, do you have, like, a little insight on this, having played yeah, in that bracket? Yeah, I was actually knocked out by, when I was defeated in, in the first day, when I was one win away from top 16 by Leonardo Bonanomi. Uh, who had the exact same team and, and yep. yeah it felt very impressive because i mean here's the thing i think it's one of the kind of those teams that uh, it feels very much like a meta call but uh, with the added effect of actually having some decent matchups across the board mm-hmm. um it has some really tough ones admittedly um and, and it has a very specific way of working and i feel like you have to really know how it works to be able to use it properly right um, but at the same time um it, it's really oppressive uh it, it's not a team that you're going to be switching around much with uh, necessarily, um, but like I mean, it, it, that kind of is uh, covered by the Umbreon because the Umbreon is really good at like helping you time the Dynamax the way you want, and I think that's like the big thing about uh, Umbreon there, especially in Sun when you have the those insane moonlights as well on top of that. But most importantly, having the Yawn and the Snarl to really uh, you know control the board and allow yourself to bring the Charizard in safely because you know a lot of things that you'll see with Charizard, it's a Pokemon is you know it's very frail. Um, has a four times weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not particularly fast. I mean, compared to a lot of things we see right now. So you know, it's it's um, it's not easy to position. It's very easy to counter with a lead. Uh, I'll need like a, a Linus with speed control, a guard chomp, and I'll outspeed and destroy you. Uh, I'll need a thunderous and KO you through Dynamax. Um, so so you know, it, it's very easy to lead against it. But a lot of the things that beat Charizard also lose to Groudon and Venusaur. For example, Thunderous hates uh, Groudon. Um, Venusaur can put uh, Landris to sleep, and if they have a Lumberry, you know, uh, the, the Vine Lash is always good damage against against the Landris. And Embryon is also pretty good against Landris with a, with a foul play. Um, 
and Charizard itself can also like if you have the speed advantage, which again mm -hmm. is helped by by Rion because you scare away the the speed control with uh, Yon early on. You're able to just destroy the Limers with your own Charizard, um, so you also have that option. Uh, and basically, like uh, you know, Kyogre is very tough for Charizard too when you have Sun with Groudon and you have Venusaur that doesn't mind Kyogre uh, at all. So you know that they have that kind of synergy, and that is helped by the Umbreon to help your position um the 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 dynamax the way you want um and and you know i think i think that's kind of like how the team works uh, i feel like there are some tough matchups that he really struggles with uh particularly like the i, I don't love how uh it handles uh color x ice and i feel like that's the big place for color x ice it's, it's handling sun uh because a lot of sun teams do struggle against it, especially if it's properly supported like a team that we saw with uh, Alec Rubin, um, and, and uh, because uh, you, you might think, you know, Sun, full of fire fire types, but Calyrex Ice is a Pokemon that he's played, is a very bulky Pokemon, but he's played like Hyper Offense, uh, because you have a lot of weaknesses, uh, but you hit extremely hard, and you KO a lot of the things that KO you. Uh, for example, just an insane calc that we actually have been seeing a lot of in NPA, uh, is that a plus two uh, uh, Calyrex Ice has a chance to Oko Charizard without Dynamax. Like the, the Charizard is kind of maxed, but the Calyrex isn't. Like the the spread glacial lens that gets reduced by spread reduction mm -hmm. has a chance to OCO Charizard, which means that if the Charizard okay. is not Dynamax, you're neutral. Yeah, we you can just kill the Zard. Uh, it came up once we had a, a Calyrex at plus four, um, and the Zard was in Reflect, uh, and the Zard Dynamaxed and got OCO'd, uh, which mm -hmm. didn't really matter because we doubled into it, but it, yeah, right. it does a ton of damage. That's the problem because your fire type. I mean, you can run multiple fire types. You can run Incineroar as well. But well, mm -hmm. one of them doesn't resist ice, and the other is weak to ground. So, uh, and can do. And most importantly, more important than being weak to ground is being uh, not doing a lot of damage back to Calyrex because it has very high defense, and Incineroar cannot really be built offensively um, in this format since you need to. The, the the role of Incineroar is not to deal damage; it's to tank damage. Right. Um, so you would just add seeing, uh, you know, Calyrex not minding Incineroar too much. Um, so, you know, the way I found to to handle Calyrex Ice matchups and the reason why my team could beat Calyrex Ice very consistently was, you know, a bulkier Steel type that could Dynamax and also not mind Dusclops too much. And that was the, the Celesteela. I could lead seed Dusclops. Um, and even if they try to haze to disrupt me, uh, disrupt my defense boosts, my intimidates, um, every time they haze, they're losing HP with a leech seed. They're giving me HP. Um, and I'm always doing decent damage to Calyrex uh, without being worried about being hit with super effective damage. So, you know, when uh, Hailstorm, even at neutral, is going to do, if, and even if Life Orb is not going to tweet KO me, um, and Quake, I'm immune to. So I, I think that was a really nice deck. Uh, and that's kind of the problem with Sun. You either kind of give up on your Calyrex Ice matchup, or you, you run something oddly specific that only functions there, which is the Celesteel. Celesteel has mm -hmm. a tough time in this format. In uh, because, like, uh, you know, it's not good against a lot of Sun teams. There's a lot of Reggie Lecky running around. Thunderous is super tough. So it's not a Pokemon you can bring to a lot of matchups. Uh, a lot of the restrictors also don't mind Celesteela at all. Calyrex Ghost just overwhelms it. Um, Char Gr Gar Char I mean, Gr sorry, Groudon can be can be a bit awkward if you, have, if you don't have Fire Punch. But, um, I mean, usually Groudon is paired with stuff like Charizard, Venusaur, uh, so, so you, you, you know, it's not like it's not like Celesteel is that big of a problem. And then you also have, um, you know, Kyogre can overwhelm it. So as, yeah, that's, as I was saying, like basically every restricted that isn't Calyrex Ice doesn't really mind Celesteel. Um, and um, so it ends up being a very hard Pokemon to bring in general. 
so it's kind of, it kind of feels like I am too limited to, with the rest of the team. I need the other five Pokemon to do everything else. Um, whereas, you know, other Sim teams just give up on the Calyrex Ice matchup to make sure they have something useful for the others. And I feel like that's that's the, the, the kind of the, the big issue with Sim teams nowadays. And Umbreon is kind of a nice mid-ground. I mean, it's not it's not like it solves Calyrex Ice by, by any means, but it's really good against it. Uh, especially if you make it physically bulky, you can take a few hits, uh, foul play and capitalize on their own boosts off of uh, great, uh, Chilling Nay or, or um, you know, weakness policies. Um, and they do extra damage, you have Yawn to disrupt their setup. So, you know, you do have a lot of options with, with Umbra. It's not like it's a perfect check, you still take a ton of damage from it, and if, you know, they're plus two and they're gonna Hailstorm you, you're not gonna live that. But it's a nice, it's a nice mid-ground to have. And I, I think that's, that, that was a very interesting take on it, and I think that's that's a big reason why Umbra is there. It's a Pokemon that handles Calyrex sites while still being useful in other matchups. Um, and yeah, we basically also saw it. Um, the, the, the teams that made it were the two. Two of them were the Groudon, the Sun Groudon with the, the Charizard, the Lakey Umbreon. Uh, but we also we also saw the the Colossal. Now I didn't I didn't face that kind of uh, Colossal, but um, we've seen Colossal having a lot of success because mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's just really good at capitalizing on on Sun. First of all, like the Sun trend is nice for it. Uh, because um, you know you're, boost, you're boosting it basically, you're giving it already like a, a, a you know the, if you have sun, you don't have a water type uh, probably, and if you do, well, you're reducing its own damage. And Colossal likes to be in sun because you it gets boosted flares and uh, does less less takes less damage from water, um, and and it's it's really good. It takes it hits a lot of uh, the the teams uh, for super effective damage, so that's super nice as well. Um, On the it, flip it's, it's side, mostly... the the sun team. It runs three Max Quake potential mons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very chaotic matchup for sure. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think another big thing is that like Colossal is really good against a lot of Zacian team. Um, you know, it just outspeeds an Oko Zacian, yep. uh, and a lot of the common Zacian partners are also beaten by by Colossal. And another big factor that I like to mention every time is that um, you know Colossal struggled with one thing before, which was uh, you usually had to choose between a Fairy or a Steel or neither. Well, it could just go with neither. But um, you couldn't really have room for both, and both types are really nice to have, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you wanna, if you don't want to go straight up for offense, you can. It's nice to have that option. And Sashin just fits in perfectly because on top of that, I mean, it's uh, barely a fairy type. To be fair, it's a fairy type in yeah, name I mean, only. It's important for for the the, the defense because it's it's a dark resist, and that's important right. to Shifu, mm-hmm. Velto, Moltres, um, stuff like that, and and it, that that's it why it's self important. Um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 the thing is, you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of room for your dark resist is going to be Ushifu, and Ushifu is not really switching into much. Um, but but having that extra option can be really nice. Um, and you just you just usually don't have room for it. We saw um, you know, Santi had Kiss, so opted out of a steel type, and uh, Wolf just didn't have steel warfare. He just opted for a more offensive approach or more than a uh, matchup specific approach for the ter- problematic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if with Zacian, it not only has that defensive, uh, you know, um, gain, but it also has, it fits it perfectly into the theme of the team, which is deal early damage with the Colossal and pick up, uh, just sweep later on with a with what you have. Usually you have like the, the Ushifu and the Rillaboom, fantastic uh, post-Dynamax Pokemon that just sweep very easily to their, to their um, you know, insane power and, and speed. Uh, well, Rillaboom is not very fast, but it has the priority and then, uh, Ushifu is sitting in a nice enough speed tier and he can just ignore damage reduction so 
by just creating. So you know they end up being fantastic sweepers, and that's the the, the theme of the, of the team, right? You deal chip damage or, or get a KO or two, uh, if possible, but mostly just deal damage with Vocalith and sweeping the end with something. And Zashin fits into that style perfectly. It's just what the team wants. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, you're telling me that you, you're adding defensive uh, um, capabilities that the team did not have access to before on top of, have, of fitting the, the theme of the team perfectly. I mean, it's just too perfect to be true. And that's why we're seeing so much Zashif Colossal, I feel. Now, Slim, uh, just to touch into, so did you run the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting your sticks at the time. You had the uh, Umbreon Incineroar Sun team yeah. as well? It was the Umbreon Lucky version, yeah. Okay, so can you like collaborate what Idu is essentially saying about the team? Like, where? No, he he's spot on because like for me that was the one thing I had a problem with, so that's why Umbreon was there. It's a good mm -hmm. mid ground where I can make sure not only can I bring this against other teams to support, but I can make sure I can hard check any switch ins you have into this offense if you try to trick room and go into Calyrex eyes. So I made it mm -hmm. had like I put it in a position where I'm like, okay, you have to play around this. You have to kill it. Because if I get a read right on you switching out these mods while you're taking precipice with damage, you're gonna get KO'd. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh... Oh, I'll, before, yeah. Before I move on, just one thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think one very surprising thing about how how, uh, how this this format developed is that in the first ever major we had of the the Joey and UX Nine tour, we had absolutely no ground on in cut. Yeah, actually, so uh, I, I, you guys probably noticed I put in our chat uh, a week one yeah. Dynamax, or not Dynamax, a restricted Mon tier list. Uh, this shit ain't what we see in right now. That's man, for I, sure. I used, to, I used to stick up for that little golden rainbow bird. Yeah, yeah, you had Ho-Oh and S tier, my guy. Dude, it, at first, it was really good, but like, then playing with it and it's on its own, I'm like, oh, it needs a partner. Yeah, I can't have a no. team full of supporters to keep you alive. Like, oh, it's... Tragic. So, I, I, I only put this here. I don't want to mention through the tier list, I guess, like, Rip to... Even Dialga has died down. And Xerneas, like, B tier is, like, generous to it. That's very um, generous. But what happened to Kyogre? It, like, I, I know we're only seeing the top four teams that qualified, so I'm sure there are plenty of Kyogre, but, like... Why, why is Kyogre not the kind of comp that these players are picking or even, like, spear throwing, spearheading their way to top four? There was two, right? And one of them was even on a Sun team itself. Actually, no, there wasn't even two. It was <laughs> yeah. the only one. Yep. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's the only one. Kyogre just feels not flexible. Yeah, like it's, it's not flexible. You have to have it with certain mons, or it cannot do its job because it doesn't want to dynamite. It's it's so, it, there's just no flexibility there. Like you, if you know one Kyogre team, you pretty much know them all. Somebody will throw in some random mon, you be like, well, it's not better than that mon. So what's the point? And you just know what to do. Yeah, it's definitely like a way too straightforward in the way it works um and and too limited like the, the thing about groudon is that even if you don't have the weather advantage you're still doing your damage you really don't care sometimes groudon even prefers to be like sand mm -hmm. because you don't get like the opposing fire types don't even get the extra boost on you so i mean sometimes even better and they get chipped and you don't i mean fantastic uh whereas kyogre just always wants to be in rain uh, i mean hail and sand are not the end of the world but he becomes a whole uh, other pokemon um, and, and having that that need makes it so that the team ends up being very supported around placing the Kyogre right. 
uh, like having the right like positioning and and uh, you know basically you need to have the right text and the right build uh, to 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 play it and, and it's very easy to counter. Um, so it's the kind of Kyogre is the kind of Pokemon that you'll see like it comes up at at some point of the meta with a specific way that people don't really know how to handle, and then once people realize how to beat that, it, it'll fall down. Another variants of Kyogre will show up. Um, and, and this this like double weather version caught everyone by surprise because it was completely different from what you're used to. We're used to you know Kartana because it pairs fantastically with Kyogre from a both defensive and offensive standpoint. Uh, then Torn because it's just brilliant uh, support next to Kyogre. Incineroar because it beats uh, a lot of the grass types as Intimidate to help with Kyogre's weakest defense stat. Um, and, and then you saw like Eleki for extra speed control, Amundas for the redirection, and you didn't see much variation from there. And it's very easy to check uh, to, to cover all that because, well, first of all, uh, you're basing your team, like the fact that Kyogre has like only one type uh, is already a limitation. Kyogre has the same issue, but uh, the thing with Kyogre is that like you're pairing it with a Tornadus, not not like Browdon. Browdon's being paired with a Grass Poison with a lot of coverage. Uh, Kyogre is being uh, is being uh, supported by a, a, a one a one move mod. It's a hurricaning mod. That's all the like the only move you run. So just on those two Pokemon, you have almost no coverage. Uh, and if you're trying to cover every matchup in the format, which like any two of your team slots already have like basically no gain in terms of coverage. Uh, you're going to be very, very limited for the rest. And then you're going to have like double grass many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have uh, an Incineroar that is not really doing damage. Next thing you know, you have like two Dynamax targets. The rest is support. And it's very easy to counter that. Like, for example, I was destroying every Torn Ogre with my Cobra Berry Venusaur in Sun. Because Weather Ball destroys Kartana. Mm-hmm. I destroy Kyogre with Venusaur. Oh. Incineroar is too frail. I have Cobra Berry to handle the Torn. And Torn is so frail itself that I just chip it and wait for my Venusaur to be in the right position. Position, or uh, with the Vine Lash plus a little bit of chip from like an Incineroar or a Fini is enough to take care of the Torn, and they no longer have anything for the Venu. Uh, so I was having like like the Cobra Berry Venusaur with Weather Ball completely destroyed that earlier version of Kyogre, and then you started seeing the other versions. I started seeing the, the Double Weather that that took everyone by surprise, despite objectively like not having the best matchups against certain things, mm-hmm. uh, like. Uh, you know, like for example, the the original Yanagi um, double double weather team that had uh, Kyogre Tornadus, but then uh, Torkoal Venusaur, uh, Ushifu, and Porygon too. It has a lot of trouble against stuff like Umbreon. Uh, the team has five special mods, and um, the only the one Pokemon that breaks it is an Ushifu that is very frail, very uh-huh. vulnerable to a lot of the Pokemon in the format. Um, so it was very hard to beat stuff like Umbreon, or in general, just like. Um, you know, snarl spam, anything that was just had if they had snarl. Certain matchups felt really tough to beat. But that's the thing. If you don't know about the team, you're probably not gonna be like as long as Umbreon is not like big or, or as long as um, you know any specific tags aren't big or anything any matchup they're they're tough they're they have uh, trouble with, um that team's gonna is gonna beat everyone because they're not they don't know how it works even. Like it looks so odd, you know. Torkoal and Kyogre are on the same team. Uh, my own interpretation personally is that the team ends up being very much a Venusaur team. Um, you try like because Venusaur loves sun, but also loves rain. You, you protect yourself from fire moves. Uh, you have a, a, a fantastic rain boosted weather ball to hit a lot of Pokemon that could give you trouble, like Rotom Heat, like uh, like Incineroar, like Landris. Um, so you you love rain too, uh, but you also obviously love sun because it allows you to beat steel types with your weather ball to get the speed advantage. Um, you know, just you have a lot of gain in both weathers. Um, 
and in, in general, it's just it's just uh, it, it really helps Venus for you know be in the right uh, positions to, to do its job. Um, and, and I think people weren't really like even focusing on the Venus War. They think, oh, Venus War is for the is the Torkoal mode. I don't think they really it really combos with Tor with a uh, Kyogre, and then it comboed with Kyogre with with uh, even Torn. You can boost Torn with uh, with your oozes. Uh, you can boost the, the Porygon as well. Like it, it has so much, so much flexibility that you're not expecting, and it took a lot of people by surprise. But it, it stopped working. We saw Yanagi having a lot of trouble in the Victory Road tournament, mm -hmm. uh, being eliminated in the first round. We don't see that team working out anymore. And we said we see a, a variation that has two physical attackers instead of only one, and one of them is a big Dynamax target too. So yeah, J uh, Jonathan Evans ended up. Doing just that with uh, the team that actually my friend NJ built um, and and uh, shared with him. Um, yeah, he he, he got he got yeah. what was it top sixteen in NA? And he got yeah. top sixteen. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the, the Metagross tech is fantastic because it gives you the team a lot of things it doesn't have. For example, first of all, a steel type. Second, a di physical Dynamax. Um, and and on top of that, the Grimstral also fits into everything perfectly because the team felt very offensive sometimes uh, in this in the way the approach is. Uh, it approaches certain matchups, but you kind of wanted some defensive backbone to allow you to, you know, not have to, uh, you know, play perfectly or, or make every read right. More importantly than playing perfectly, take like getting reads right. Uh, you you, have, you can find middle, middle grounds by having screen support, um, and and that's like where Grimstall enters. It also helps a lot against stuff like Umbreon because you get like a strong uh, a strong spirit break onto Umbreon to do some damage without like being uh, a, a very frail Pokemon either. Um, so yeah, it's also it also helps with that, um, it, you know. And just having two physical Pokemon makes like the, it's basically double the amount of physical Pokemon. That, so it makes special walls and uh, Snarl spam a lot easier to handle. I uh, mean, I I would barely count Grim Snarl as like an offensive pressure, you know. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that is but fair. I, Spirit yeah. Break is there. It, it it covers plenty. You're right. Um, exactly. So, well, unfortunately, the. I, I don't know when the stream is. I guess that'll be in information um in I'll have in descriptions and stuff. But they are playing the global finals this weekend, but uh us three will we'll also be playing series 8 this weekend because they also have players for qualifier already. It's like technically like a month earlier than the previous two cuz um or previous three players cup now because each player's cup, what was it? Did it take like four months or whatever? Because like yeah. May qualifier, Ju a month of nothing for no reason whatsoever. Uh, yeah. June players cup finals in August. Yeah, and yeah, all the first three were like four months, and then they're like, you know what? That is a little ridiculous. But even more ridiculous is the fact that it's the same weekend that they're playing global finals, and from my understanding, that everyone in global finals is still expected to be, you know playing in the pc4 qualifiers this weekend too that I, is absolutely nuts i guess they could just use the same damn team but like yikes why are you putting them through that That's... i i i would hope the, the smart thing i doubt they'll do this is that they would just automatically give them invites like it makes sense if you uh qualified for the global finals of the previous players cup just give them uh, automatic qualification for the next players cup right yeah it makes a lot of sense, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, especially since uh, later on, you know, the prizes and stuff. The prizes, we'll, we'll get to that too. It's not, hasn't been the best, like, it made sense when we thought Players' Cup 1 was the only Players' Cup. It's like, oh yeah, like, COVID's not going to be that bad, so 
Uh, the prize, top four of you guys, will send you to an internet whenever that's going to happen. Like, I, certainly that's going to expire eventually for these guys. I am curious what uh, which internets all of them will choose to go to. Will be interesting to see them in the future. Um, but in bigger news, uh, they announced, seemingly listening to the players, that Players' Cup 4 will no longer uh, have that silly prize structure. And, in fact, all 16 uh, players who qualify for the Global Finals will now be eligible for cash prizing, with the winner getting a sick 5K. And if you guys want to see the full prize uh, structure, you can see the additional rules on the... uh, It'll be included in the official Pokemon website links below. But other, other than that, they also announced that the first week of the... Um, qualifier will be Swiss now. What are you? You guys are pumped up about that, right? I can't be the only one who is sick of waiting through double elimination brackets. Oh, I, 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 hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. It, just the amount of time between some of these games, it is absolutely in just uh it's. It's like torture. Yeah, so it's like, like in theory, your games are always happening in double elimination. Yes, but not every the amount of time that a given player can wait can be much longer than in Swiss. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I I actually like felt this very very first person this time. Um, I usually actually get down to loser brackets very early. I um, mm-hmm. you know first first players cup just happened. I had a. Um, a really good match against a solid opponent, um, and then uh, the the second the second players cup I actually overslept, so I, I got knocked out into losers extremely early. Um, I never actually had to wait that much, but this time I I, I uh, made it to the uh, the uh, I won I got the first four rounds, um, so I I had to wait. And then I lost, right? So then I had to wait like three hours on my birthday. For 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 the next game, only to lose to Charizard again, and it was <laughs> it was not fun. But but I think the most frustrating part, honestly, is just how double elimination in general works with VGC. Um, Pokemon in general, like usually we've established that X two tends to be the best cut for big tournaments because, well, first of all, you know, you're definitely like we're trying to assess the level of, of players, right? We're trying to uh, assess your quality and, and if so ideally the best player wins the second best player gets second third best player gets third etc etc um so basically like um imagine this the third i mean if you want a top cut like let's imagine a top cut of top 16 right um so let's imagine the the 15th best person in the entire tournament faces the best person in swiss mm-hmm. it's logical for them to lose so there's one loss, but it's unlikely for the for for that same person to face anyone better than them. Um, if they do, well, we reduce the odds by allowing two losses. But the game is also very luck based, uh, so you know you could also just happen to to get very unlucky against the worst player. Uh, so let's imagine you lost to a better player and you got unlucky once. That's two losses, uh, but you're still among the 16 best players in the tournament, so you should still at least move on to that part, right? That's the kind of the whole point. Um, you know, maybe sure, like like you're not the best, so maybe like yeah, you weren't gonna win anyway. If we look at the skill level, which is that's not how Pokemon works anyway. We're just imagining the ideal situation where Pokemon is extremely skill based and no luck involved. Right. Um, it, it, like even if that was the case, 
uh, it should be allowed at least at least one or two losses in case you face someone better because we're trying to understand the the levels of the players right we're trying to make it correspond or match with uh you know the result with the level of the player but um on top of that there's a luck factor so we always felt that two losses were more than fair um and and the the truth is that now we're only allowed one yeah um and it makes things very complicated because if you face someone better than you uh, but also somewhat, again, lucky, uh, well, you just erupt. And, and that feels very unfair um, because, you know, you can even get, you can even be the best player in the tournament. If they get unlucky twice, that's enough to get to be knocked out. Um, and although that's l less likely when it comes to, uh, you know, a long winner's run because you play a lot less games, so the odds of actually getting lucky in such few games are a lot lower, uh, you could, like, get unlucky very early. And then you have to play, like, 10 games to make it through and the odds that you don't get unlucky again is just so low yeah um that you just don't doesn't feel fair double elimination and i think that really shows because like not a lot of, of a lot of like we've had a lot a lot a lot of top players play in these tournaments all right and not always the top players make it not like actually most of the time um the players that have top card worlds that are playing the tournament don't make it next phase mm-hmm um, it, it's actually extremely likely, uh, extremely common lately for um, uh, the players that make it through. At least half of them are really not that uh, had not been successful in the past. Um, so I think that kind of show speaks of the level of the tournament. Like not not saying that they don't deserve to be there. Right. I'm just saying that you know it kind of shows that uh, the fact that so many top players fail that it, it, this is not just theory. Uh, I, I'm not just. Yeah, so it's Same like though. an issue with the seeding. Like, the, the best of one qualifier in general is rough. Especially when so many people... It, it's based off of seeding on how you did it in the qualifier, but people are just playing to qualify. Like, we're not playing to get the highest seed because of how exactly. arduous the qualifier itself is. So I'm so thankful. I, I follow plenty of, like, other esports, a lot of fighting games. Um, um, Smash, specifically, in the past. Uh, I know I've talked with some people how they'll have, like even round robin or swiss pools for like day one of like a three-day tournament this is essentially what this is now um because they're i i don't know if they're recognizing this specifically but this is a way to kind of like reseed people in a way um and actually like the seeding going into the region finals the second week of the tournament actually i'm realizing this now it's no longer the second week in the tournament. There's like a big stretch between them. Like yeah. June 19th is the Swiss rounds and July 3rd is the region finals. Um, I, I, I do like that. I'm curious if we'll be stuck to the same team between those two. Maybe, maybe not. I we'll, we'll need more info after the qualifier, but that, that'll be interesting. I don't know if that information exists or not. You can find out, uh, through the extensive, uh, rules documents but regardless of the fact uh i i'm really glad to see this being in place because uh what is it going through yeah two losses is tough uh even throwing back to we had this with uh champions cup we were talking about there earlier last year that was an x1 cut tournament because of how they decided to run it and it was such a big deal i win x2 i felt like i did really good in the tournament i didn't cut so um Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that also didn't feel right at the time. I mean, it was what they, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's what, uh, under, like, the timing and, like, the structure, yeah. they didn't realize the tournament was going to be that big of a hit. They should have known. Like, they were going to cap I mean, it I and think, stuff, but... 
I think people like they, they of course they were they were heard about it but at the time they needed something so much that they were willing to like you know what it's fine it's worth it yeah it, it was a tournament you know, like just know, the fact that they yeah. yeah they they got this out there like a month after like it was what the people needed i was very thankful for that tournament to happen but you know you're you're a uh, slim you're a to yourself you got a tournament going this weekend that everyone should enter you know of course if you can have the time rose tower um but it, it, it's understandable why these things happen yeah definitely there's no perfect tournament structure simply because time limitations exist, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Tournament structure is, like, the most hardest thing to kind of pin down because, mm-hmm. like, you, there's so many different changes, especially with the boom and the online thing. So the formats change so much. You're trying to make sure, okay, like, what's – where should we stay? Where should we try to make some something new and invigorating or something like that? Like, it, it's hard to always figure out. I'm trying to think. I think we harped on everything I'm going to talk about other than, I guess, you don't have to reveal what you're entering with. By all means, we're probably all playing Sun this weekend. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but I, it, it, Series 8 is in a rough spot because no one's going to care about Series 8 after this tournament because we already know the format for the uh, the what this tournament's qualifying for, even though it's not for... Wait, I'm just now realizing this qualifiers for a tournament that's in two months. <laughs> and we still have a month of Series 8, and then it would be two weeks of Series 9, which is your Series 7 played. Jeez. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll think about that next time, but jeez. Okay. So is Series 8 just, like, dead after this? Or, like, is it up to us online TOs? Like, I know. I only run a tournament every three months, so I'm not doing another Series 8 tournament. But, like... Will people keep Series 8 alive? Like, was it worth it? Do you, will you guys continue playing Series 8 after the qualifier this weekend? Uh, probably not. Okay, but, keep it I real. mean, I'll still, I'll still run the tours, like, of course, because, you know, we're going to follow whenever the format switch is over. So I'll run 8 yeah. until once we officially move over, then we'll start doing Series 7, a.k.a. Series 9. Yeah. But playing-wise, I'm just... I'll be I'll be pretty much done after this weekend. Alright, I'll be just sit back. Actually, you do a different question for you to answer because I, I basically know your answer to that one. Um, but as a fellow NPA manager, we haven't talked about NPA much on this cast. Uh, but do we do we play? Do you want to play Series Seven a week earlier just so people can you know play the format for the only like official tournament a bit earlier so we can prep for that. Because yeah. Series 8 ends, uh, what is that, May 1st? And yeah. that's like, that, that's a while, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think this thing is like, uh, I mean, we still have online tournaments with that format. It's still the official format. So, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, it's whatever p- people prefer. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to I, find out what the people want. Yeah, usually with me, it's just like, if, if it's Pokemon, it's Pokemon, I'll play, you know, as much as I don't like it, you'll find me playing. Yeah, but, uh, I've been there. It's just, it's, it's just that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not the one playing uh, from a manager's standpoint. Like, uh, I mean, I could try to get my own. Uh, you know, right, my right. Things, but, uh, you know, maybe I have more play- players that are better in Series 8, or maybe I have players that are better in Series 9. Oh, that, so. that's a whole different thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> totally biased for that as the yeah. former last team in the league but you know <laughs> so so yeah i i just um 
I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's uh, from a manager standpoint, I just don't, you know, it doesn't really affect me. So yeah. I'd have to like, you know, ask all my players to see what they prefer. But in general, uh, I mean, if the format's still uh, going, if there's still online tournaments in the ref format, then I guess we can still that's stick true. To it. I'm probably gonna stick to it if they're if I join like more tournaments. Yeah, uh, maybe someone, yeah. some organization, Rose Tower VR, whatever people they're 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 fortunately we've got a lot of online tos through the year so yeah. we're thankful to yeah. all of them um but maybe there's like a send-off tour and that's what will keep people playing series eight who knows what series yeah. 10 will be because you know with the time frame we're still gonna probably have series 10 before the remakes come out uh yeah maybe even another series i i forget the math I think it was only series I mean, time. I don't even know where you go from here. That's the funny part. GS we Cup, backwards. probably. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've well, got like, why would you go two restricteds? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It, it, they they so put crazy. themselves in a weird predicament. But screw it, just make it six restricteds. At this point, like, dude, I wanted to play Little Cup VGC. Oh, like, yeah, just mix it all up. Like, that would be fun. Just you know, for maybe not three months. Now that the series are three months, but like, I would have been okay with like two months of Little Cup or something. Mm. Like on the download. There's some people out there they want to play mythical, but we all know it's Magirna and that's it. Oh so no! No no! We, let's we, not do that. No. Let's not do that. <laughs> no. We'll leave that behind closed doors as usual. Yeah, we know about that. Okay. Uh, I think I think we got everything. So, you guys want to shout out where people can find you and whatnot? Um, for me, you just find me on Twitter, Big Slim World. No uh, vowels or anything. And same thing on Twitch. And yeah, and of course, Rose Tower and Mount Silver is normally where I'm at. Uh, Rose points are given out on Mount Silver weeklies now, Tuesdays and Thursdays on Showdown. Uh, so if you want to come start getting some points now, if you can't play this weekend, by all means. And for those of y'all who are playing this weekend, I'll see you on Saturday. Saturday, you heard it. Know you can uh, you can you can find me on uh, on Twitch, EduCPT. Uh, I'll be uh, playing the. Uh... You know the the players cup for qualifier and i'm still mm -hmm. not sure if i'm playing the real star tournament because it's a lot of stuff but i you know knowing myself i'm probably going to end up signing up anyway <laughs> um and you can find me uh as well on on every wednesday and friday as well as uh as weekends uh streaming over there as well you can find me on twitter at menino jardin uh, i know that one's a bit hard to find but look up look up for edu uh, you probably, probably yeah no I I, I I I've got all the yeah people will be able to find you yeah, I've yeah. I've links helping out um you know it, self plug uh, I haven't streamed in ages but I am semi unretiring streaming to stream this uh, qualifier I always stream in tournaments I'm in that that was my mo when I started way back when Sword and Shield came out so uh, I hopefully I'll have this episode airing out Thursday uh, if I can edit it sometime tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday, of course, uh, so I should be live, but that's it for me, of course. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, guys, today. Uh, next episode, on, no problem. Next episode, uh, probably like a Series 8 send-off. You know what? Ne next month, like, yeah, because then what? I'm just so baffled that the Players' Cup 4 qualifiers this weekend for we're playing mid-June. So, yep. so something content wise, I'm sure will be announced for me to talk about in May until next time. I've been C Cable signing out. Peace.